Welcome to the Ministry to Parents podcast. Here's your hosts, Elizabeth and Jeremy Lee. It's time for the Ministry to Parents podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast for church leaders that helps them build a ministry to parents. I'm Jeremy Lee. And I'm Elizabeth Lee. Thank you so much for joining in. We have an exciting podcast for you today because we are releasing our brand new series called How to Help Families in Crisis. Yes, it's a new month. We've got all kinds of new topics and we've got some really fun guests and uh, it's tough. We're talking about some tough stuff, but we're going to do it in a really fun way. Yes. And I think this is a thing as a ministry leader working at churches, you're on the front lines of ministry and you're constantly helping people. And a lot of it's great moments like you get to cheer on a kid losing a first tooth with a family at the same time a kid getting a driver's license you have some really great moments but then there are some moments like one of the topics that we cover actually today's subject is when they when a family walks through divorce and that's the thing a ministry leader you're literally walking alongside these families and so this particular theme and content is we want to help you the church leaders know how to we just want to come alongside you and help you reach those families. And crisis itself is just such a touchy subject because we're not trained professional counselors. Mm-hmm. We're not uh, trained uh, first responders. Mm-hmm. And we're not all these, you know, all these, uh, we find ourselves in these moments. I call them sacred moments, but they're right. also super intense moments. Right. They're the moments that fam- the, the families we serve, they're the moments they'll never forget. And, and we're invited into those moments uh, but there's so many places to kind of mess that up and there's so many places that right. get scary. And when do we speak and when do we refer to someone else? It is, uh, there's a lot of stuff to navigate and that's our goal for this month to kind of just give you an all encompassing strategy and some tips and some encouragement that says, okay, you got this. We can help families in crisis. I really like what you said that we, these are the sacred moments that we have when we walk beside families. I think about one of those moments for me is I was uh, a youth minister on staff at a church and a family had lost their teenage son. And I remember going to the home and, and they had not had a chance because he had, was in hospice and and they had not had a chance to come take him, but the, the family had invited me to come. And so we're, I'm sitting here beside this mother who's grieving over her son. And I thought to myself, this is such a, I loved what you said. It's, it was, it was a sacred moment just to sit with this mother because there really are no words at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. So they do. It's interesting. It's like you can have these doctors, you can have all these people, and then they're like, call my pastor mm-hmm. <laughs> or call my ministry leader, you know? And, and it's just such an interesting bond and a connection that takes place. I mean, I've used this term over and over again, but I just believe it as church leaders, we're the first responders to the soul. Mm-hmm. And so people think physically and mentally, they call their counselor or their doctor. But when they think about the things that hit the soul and, and it's, it's crisis moments that open us to spiritual things. Uh, And that's one of, that's one of the positive parts of these topics is crisis is the place where the hardest heart becomes soft. That's right. Uh, the the person who, who just swears there is no God all of a sudden begins to consider it because they think to themselves, how in this moment could there, if there's not a God, I am in so much trouble. I feel so alone. I need, I need there to be something. And so there's just this open heart to, to, uh, to be willing to listen 
And so there's a great opportunity too. It's not just a sacred moment. It's a sacred opportunity for us to engage people in their fear and in, 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 in the chaos and to just be there with, uh, and to, and to speak peace. You know, um, one of my favorite scriptures is that, is that idea of the peace that passes understanding. It's, and, and it's in these crisis chaotic moments that we're like the distributors. We come with that peace and we offer it to the people that we're serving. It's just, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening today and you're a church leader, that's what we're about. Jeremy and I today want to offer you just some tools to help you in those sacred opportunities. So today's subject that we're covering is how to help families who are going through a divorce. That's right. And next week we're going to be talking about helping families that are dealing with addiction. And then the next episode after that, we're going to be covering death. And then we're going to wrap up the series with a, a special episode where you and I are going to actually talk about our journey through your, your walk with cancer. That's right. All of us are, you will not do ministry without serving a family who is at some level impacted by cancer. So excited to share that. Looking forward to that episode. So another thing we're doing for our members this month, and we have a resource in the toolbox. It's called a quick guide to helping families in crisis. It's an incredible resource because it gives you pre-written email templates. It gives you text and it's over the subjects of divorce and addiction and death. And so if you have a family that's walking through this and you're kind of like, I'm not a person of words. I don't know what to say to these people. We literally wrote it for you. Mm. (laughs) And so we have that and we have uh, ideas for care packages. We have what to say, what not to say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we put all of that in this quick guide on how to help families in crisis. And that's in our toolbox for our M2P members. You just log in there, go to the toolbox and click on and ministers encourage parents. And we have all new online parenting class videos and lots of cool stuff for members to check out. We've sent you an email already. Go find it if you couldn't find it. Um, <laughs> but that's just, we are so excited. If you don't know what M2P member is, you can check it out on our website. It's a special service we have for churches that really share our passion to uh, minister to parents. And we give them the tools they need. It's it. We make sure it's affordable and it's very practical and useful. We'd love for you to go check it out. We also have another new series we have just dropped on the store. Super excited about it. It's called the M2P Family Bible Series. And this is basically family devotions. And it's theologically sound. It's easy to use. Parents can really get the whole big picture of Matthew per se, and then they can work through the whole book of Matthew over time with their family. Yeah, it starts with an ebook that a very short ebook that kind of gives the big picture of kind of the whole Bible Mm -hmm. called uh, Big Big Questions, questions, Simple Answers, Simple Answers, Simple Answers. And then uh, but then for each book of the Bible, it gives like a two page summary of the book so that parents especially can read it and feel confident about the kind of the setting behind the, the book. And then after that, there's a reading plan that look that's really we made it really pretty so you could hang it up and kind of check it off as your family reads through each chapter together. And then for each chapter, there's a uh, beautifully designed journal sheet for each chapter, and it's got some bits of information about that chapter. And then it's got lots of places for you to write and kind of respond as to how you're experiencing the chapter. It's a family uh, journal sheet, really, and you can print one out for each family member. So as a church leader, 
this series is amazing for a bunch of reasons. Number one, you uh, if you buy it and you get the right to print, you can really print this out for every family in your church. It's for kids, teens, adults. It's family-based, so that's really awesome. Uh, if you're doing a sermon series on the book of the Bible that, that it's covering, you can just use this for kind of the a way to let families journey along with you as you're going through the book of the Bible. And we've released one on we the first we're our plan is to release this on many as many books of the Bible as we can. But the first one, first few are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We started with the Gospels. And if you are a family listening in today, um, a mom or a dad, because maybe you've gone through a divorce or you're you wanting to hear more about it, and you think, hey, I'm interested in that, but. I don't want to get the group. We also offer an individual price. And so you would just click on the, the individual price versus the permission to duplicate. And that's how you could purchase this family devotion for yourself. And that's for an individual family. Yes. Yeah. And group is for a whole church. So that is now in the store. All four books, those books are in the store. A family Bible series, great resource. Excited to bring that to you. Also excited to bring you this interview with Tammy Daughtry. It's coming up after the break. We're going to talk about kind of some real life wisdom for church leaders who have families that are going through divorce. How do we handle this subject and do it in a way that honors the family and uh, serves them well? Tammy Daughtry will be after the break to help us through that discussion. We'll talk to her soon. Have you ever tried to book a speaker to come to your church for a parent seminar? By the time you pay their speaking fee, plane ticket, gas mileage, hotel room, and their meals, it can get pretty pricey. That's why we're excited to offer you our Parent Seminar in a Box called Heart and Soul Parenting. Jeremy Lee leads parents through the process of connecting to their kids' heart through relationship and guiding their souls through spiritual leadership. The best part is that you get all the teaching videos, teaching slide deck, promotional graphics, small group discussion questions, seminar planning guide, and a parent listening guide, all for a fraction of the price that it costs to book a live speaker. And it's all done for you. All you have to do is promote the event and press play. Check out the Heart and Soul Parenting Seminar Kit in the Ministry to Parents online store by going to ministrytoparents.com and clicking the shop button at the top. Welcome back to the Ministry to Parents podcast. Again, we are talking about divorce this week, and we have brought in Tammy Daughtry to help us with this. Now, Tammy, she is the founder of the Co-Parenting International. Love that term, co-parenting. She wrote that book, Co-Parenting Works, Helping Your Children Thrive After Divorce. She's also put out the resource, One Heart, Two Homes, we love Tammy. She's been yes, uh, she's do. been a huge help to, to us, and uh, we love this interview. She gave us a lot of great stuff. All right, so hang on, because here we go. The first thing we asked her was, how can church leaders come alongside a mom and a dad after they've shared their filing for divorce? Mom and dad are going to need help with that. But I don't know many divorcing parents who have any idea how to co-parent um, or you know have, have skills and tools with that, because now, people divorce for a lot of painful reasons, and the first year or two are always going to be the hardest to try to shift from that personal relationship to a parenting relationship. And that's where leaders have to think about the generation to generational uh, impact here, how a parent shifts to focus on being 
parents after a divorce is going to determine, honestly, the future marriages of those children. And so it's not about endorsing divorce, but it's endorsing and trying to create a pathway for good parenting, even through a complicated divide. I really love the focus here on helping the family uh, thrive and and helping especially the kids mm-hmm. uh, to kind of keep going and, and, and still have the uh, opportunity to be mm-hmm. healthy and whole. Love that. And I think that's the that's the goal. And I appreciate that one of the things, the bigger 40,000 foot view here is that it is not our job as Christ followers to come along and say, oh, you filed for divorce. We're done with you now because you quit on the marriage. No, it's actually, you know what? They still have a life after they filed for divorce. And as much as churches can care for families to keep them together, if the couple has chosen to part ways on the other side of the signing the dotted line, they need just as much love on the other side. And I love what she has to offer is like, hey, here's what we've got for you. So next, she's going to share with us a little bit another way of how church leaders can come alongside and help parents. I, I definitely would encourage leaders to think about how they can help set them up to be great parents and to remember that they're still going to be parents. And as I would say, co-parents, right? Um, Raising kids in two homes now. And part of the interesting shift from, you know, being an intact family, going through a divide and then still staying on the, you know, hopefully the parenting team is even how parents go through a divorce. And so I try to help leaders think about, all of those important steps are going to impact the future parenting relationship. And quite often, you know, a mom or a dad goes and gets an attorney, the other one gets an attorney, and they go to war with one another. The challenge is that they still have to parent on the other side of that war. I don't know about you, uh, but I have seen war after war after war in my years in ministry. It is no, and it is war, it's long lasting damage. And uh, so I love that idea that if if they allow us to speak into the process, uh, the biggest message we should be giving them is, hey, let's avoid the war as much as possible. Yes, because the kids lose in that. The kids lose when the when the parents go at it. The kids lose. Everybody loses. And so I think the co-parenting, which I love the name of her company, co-parenting, that's ultimately, it's no longer about being husband and wife. It's now about how can we co-parent and work through this together. Um, to wrap up her third tip for church leaders, here's what she had to say about a, a term, a new term actually, one I'd not heard called image management. I have, as I've worked and learned a lot about emotional abuse, emotionally abusive uh, personalities, um, they have what's called, you know, this, this uh, image management, which is we're going to portray the best version of ourselves in public. No one will ever know what's really going on at home. And everyone in our family must, you know, fall in line and present this, this image. And a lot of kids and a lot of uh, parents, I mean, they are privately suffering in emotionally abusive relationships, and they don't know who to talk to, and they don't feel like there's any way to get help. So... Sometimes coming alongside and just asking, hey, is there anything your family needs that we can support you with? It might be the starting point for somebody to tell the truth and and get help. Um, But it also may be met with complete pushback. I mean, I know some families where one party has tried to get in and, and, you know, they won't even let the kids come in and get help 
because it doesn't go with the narrative that our family is perfect. So, you know, sometimes you can't, you can't break, um, break through that barrier, but I think if it's done with love, with respect, and with a, a game plan to help launch them towards some professional support, I think that could possibly be helpful. I know for me, this whole thought of image management is is a real deal. And I know those of you that work with families, you see this every single day. I think about social media and uh, the the drive and the need to kind of portray this image. The ima- mm-hmm. To me, image management is social media. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, right. And uh, it just, we all feel this urge to come across like we've got it all together. So it's really, really hard to, um, and what I loved about what Tammy had to say is sometimes we as leaders just need to accept that they're not going to let us in (laughs) no matter. And and we've got to be willing to respect those boundaries and, Mm -hmm. and I guess be sad about that. But, but this is also a treasure when a family decides to be vulnerable and let us in like we talked about in the opening, it's sacred yes. and we need to treasure it as sacred and go in there with, with the respect of you're letting me see the places that you're, that you naturally want to hide, but you're letting me in and what an honor. Yes. And because it's vulnerable and when they let us into the most vulnerable parts of their home and their family, that's actually where great healing can occur. Next, we're going to transition. We had been talking with her about church leaders, but this next tip is actually for families in the first two years after they file for divorce. As far as making the transition in those first two years, a couple practical solutions I would suggest. One is to never discuss co-parent business as a handoff. That is um, from day one, um, Ideally, not the time and place to ever talk about the business of parenting after divorce. Instead, I suggest to to co-parents to try to set up a conference call or maybe a meeting for coffee or work with a third party like a mediator or a counselor. Um, I do a lot of this work in in our practice is I help people learn how to have co-parent meetings so that they can increase communication and lower conflict, but do it in a time and a space completely removed from their children being present. One of the most, um, I'd say one of the biggest blind spots that parents don't think about when they're divorcing is that handoff transition time and how important it is to do a good job of it. And that sometimes turns into parents standing by the car talking, you know, talking, arguing, discussing, you know, money, schedules, um, clothing, you know, uh, extracurricular activities, or maybe they'd tell the kids, wait inside, you know, mom and dad are going to be out here talking. It's never, never good for kids to be around when that kind of stuff is happening. Even if it doesn't feel like an argument to the parents, it can be very stressful for children. So one of the most important things in that two-year period is to not set up a pattern of doing that but to decide ahead of time, we're going to have our handoffs be brief, be positive. Um, We're not going to go into, you know, conversations about money, finances, or stuff, but instead we're going to find a time and a way to discuss that privately. I would also encourage uh, parents now, and and I'm sure this was available 20 years ago when I went through my divorce, but um, I didn't know it at the time, Uh, but there are a lot of different co-parent apps available that really help kind of um, gather important parenting content in one location. 
There's one called Our Family Wizard, and it has um, it actually has a tone monitor. So when you're sending messages to each other, it'll red light it or green light it That's based on funny. the tone. That's greatness. Yeah, it's a credible tool. It it does have an annual fee associated with it. But the people that I recommended it to that use it say it's worth it all in for that tone monitor because it helps <laughs> neutralize communication where um, the person writing the message um, is, you, you know, given a sort of a warning signal on trying to reword some things so that they can share information or ask questions of the other party without it triggering, um, you know, high combative, uh, conflictual words. So. It's a really cool software, but that's OurFamilyWizard.com. And people can use it. Um, if you put the code um, co-parents in, you can use it for 30 days free, um, but it's a great tool. And then there's one that's free. I recommend to parents a lot. It's called AppClose, A-P-P-Close.com. And again, it has most of the functionality of the other. Um, it doesn't have the tone monitor, but um, this one has calendars and and lots of, of um, tools in there, you know, you can put uh, information about doctor's visits or um, medication or extracurricular. There's just tons of great tools there. So I think if, if parents can try to figure out a game plan on how are we going to communicate, where are we going to communicate, where are we not going to communicate, that can help set a pattern in that first couple years that is protective for the children. Because we don't want the kids to hear us arguing, and we definitely don't want them to be our messengers. So if, if there's one thing I can recommend in those first two years, that that's the starting point, is to figure out a compartmentalized time, place, and process that keeps the children away from uh, the communication about parenting tasks. And the other thing I would say is to, to try to find a couple really close, solid, stable friends that you can be honest with, but that will not add fuel to the fire. Um, you know, finding some stable friends that you can you can share about the pain, the, the process, the frustration. Um, you know, maybe you're sending your kids off for their first two-week summer vacation and, and you're going to be alone uh, the first time uh, after divorce. Having some really solid people in your life is so important to not try to isolate and, and go it alone. And I think women are better at this than men. You know, we do life in community. We go to the bathroom together. We do everything together. Men, a lot of times, will isolate. And I know that a lot of the dads we work with, you know, we try to encourage them to find um, at least one go-to friend who is level-headed, is stable, who's going to help you um, not fall off the edge. You know, like if you're going up a steep mountain and they've got guardrails on the side, uh, find some friends that are going to help be your guardrails, that are going to challenge you, that are going to listen, but that aren't going to add, you know, this this toxic, um, uh, vile process, you know, not add their own anger to it against your, your co-parent, but to really be there for you. Um, because I think, you know, in the process of, of the emotional adjustments, the financial adjustments, the logistical adjustments, there's so much in those first few years. And you really you need a team around you to help you um, stay stable, and and to have your you know your meltdowns they're going to happen. Even guys are going to you know have moments that they just don't quite see that there's hope, and we've got to have somebody to go to besides our children uh, to help us um, 
so that we can be the most stable version of ourselves when our kids are there. So those are a couple of things I would say in those first two years is finding how we're going to communicate, where, where we will, where we won't, tools like apps that can help us, and then figuring out who's my go-to team that I can really lean into that will help me stay uh, emotionally grounded and, and to be a safe space to unravel sometimes. I think that those uh, practical pieces of advice that she shared for those first two years for families and church leaders to take this, it could really uh, make the transition. Um, it's not going to be easy either way you go about it, but it's the difference between you're going to have to go through something hard. You can make it 10 times more difficult, or if you're going to go through something hard, you want to go through it as peacefully as possible. Do with what's within your control. And so I love what she had to say about those first two years. I haven't met too many parents uh, that ha- that were going through this that wanted to go through it, um, mm-hmm. or, and then uh, and or that were proud that they were going through it. It's usually a very uh, sad uh, and even shameful time for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it's the end of one thing and the beginning of another. Um, but th- I love that there's a place for us as church leaders to speak into that beginning, which is helping them start a co-parenting relationship that helps yes. these kids. That's one of the best gifts that we can give. Uh, in this next segment, she kind of starts breaking down resources to help establish that co-parenting relationship. Um, every church can make, um, you know, leaders can make um, suggestions for resources. And there are several good resources out there, not just mine, but I'll highlight the two that we've created. Um, you know, we've got a book out that came out with Zondervan in 2011 called Co-Parenting Works. Helping Your Children Thrive After Divorce. It's endorsed by John Trent and Ron Deal and all those, those leaders who, who really care about complex family. And um, it's a great book that even leaders can read to understand what their families go through, to get a better understanding of what it's like to be in their shoes. But that's a, a book that's really a roadmap from, you know, whether you're just, just filing and getting started towards the process or you've already been there for a few years. It's a really thorough roadmap on a lot of the, the intentional ideas on how to set them up to stay focused on parenting. Um, and then we have a digital resource called One Heart, Two Homes, Co-Parenting Kids of Divorce to a Positive Future. And that includes guest speakers like John Trent, Ron Deal, um, Tony Wheeler, uh, a lot of professionals who really help tackle the complexity of the divide and trying to go through it with that perspective that we still have to be parents. Um, we have, you know, our most important task is to continue to raise kids who will hopefully launch into lifelong healthy relationships of their own. And it's a, a very powerful resource that can be used in, um, you know, having classes at your church, the, the way it's available online, uh, leaders can text, um, emails out to their uh, families where they can watch certain videos. It's just a really comprehensive um, high-def resource that, that gets into the nitty-gritty of this journey of becoming co-parents. And we created it uh, both for the church and for the public, um, you know, through counseling and, and local organizations to help tackle that topic. And with, with the new way it's available, it is so easy to send short video snippets to people who need them. And so there's lots of information on our website about that, but 
Um, and it's culturally sensitive. We've got multicultural, you know, different kinds of families represented on there. Very, um, you know, geared towards not just the, um, the all-American white family. There, We've got, you know, kids and parents that are from different races and, and, um, and experts from different races very intentionally trying to connect with hurting parents and everyone sees somebody in that video that they can connect with. So um, those are a couple of the tools that we created to be the roadmap to help the parents, but leaders pointing them towards that can be very, very helpful. And to let them know that their kids, um, you know, they don't, they don't have to have a broken life because they're going through a broken house and a broken household. There are ways to navigate and, and be great parents and still continue to raise kids that can grow up full and healthy um, and who can go on to have, uh, we believe, lifelong marriage. Thank you so much, Tammy, for joining with us today on the Ministry to Parents podcast. It's just some incredible resources that you've given us. We are so grateful that you took the time to share with the Ministry to Parents family. And if you are a church leader or if you are a family and you want some information, you can go uh, from Tammy. You can go to coparentinginternational.com. When we come back after the break, we'll have another episode of T3. Tony Bianco is going to talk to us about a new documentary that your parents might want to check out. ministry website in 30 seconds. That would be magic, right? That's why Ministry to Parents members love our magic button. Once you push the magic button, it creates a parent ministry website in only 30 seconds. The magic button is available for members of ministrytoparents.com. To become a member today, you can go to ministrytoparents.com member. Hello and welcome to another T3, that's Tech Time with Tony, and I'm Tony Bianco, author and creator of the Family Technology Plan and content creator for ministrytoparents.com. I am so excited uh, to be hanging out with you today. This is the section of the podcast where we talk about technology, we talk about culture, pop culture, all these types of things that are happening in our world around us today, and today I have a big one for you. If you are a parent, you know that social media is a huge thing for your student and even for you. And it's not going away anytime soon, is it? No, it absolutely is not. Uh, I remember social media back in the day in the form of AOL Instant Messenger. You know what I'm talking about? You know, your screen name, uh, your AIM, your AIM, uh, and then you got MySpace and then Facebook, but only for college students. And then you got a slew of social media applications now that often uh, like to hide themselves as photo and video apps such as Instagram and TikTok. But all of that to say, Social media technology is a huge issue for our students and families today. And so today, I'm here to talk to you a little bit about something that has recently surfaced um, on one of the most popular video streaming services out there, Netflix. Uh, and so if you still have a Netflix account, if you've not canceled it uh, over some of their content, I know that's been popular lately as well. Uh, but if you still have a Netflix account, I want to strongly encourage 
encourage you to check out a new documentary that Netflix put out in partnership with the hum- the Center for Humane Technology, and it's called The Social Dilemma. Have you heard of this? You might have actually already heard of this. It's, it's starting to circle around the internet right now as being a very big eye-opener. And so if this is not the first time you're hearing about it, I should be hearing some amens wherever you're listening to this. But The Social Dilemma is a documentary series that is uh, primarily um, created by the Center of Humane Technology, which is founder Tristan Harris. Now, uh, as, as somebody that goes and teaches technology and education of technology uh, to families and students all across the country, I have used video content and still do use video content from Tristan Harris, who is a former Google design ethicist, and he is the founder of this uh, this Center of Humane Technology. And it is not only him in this documentary, but former people, executives, CEOs, presidents of major tech industries, Google, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, Facebook, the list goes on and on. And so this is not a bunch of people who hate technology talking about the problem with technology. No, these are the ones who actually created it. Now looking back and saying, what have we done? And we have created something that we need to get a better grasp and more control over. And so if you're a mom and dad and you're listening to this right now, I want to just strongly encourage you to take some time to go and watch this for yourself. You can find trailers for it all over the internet. You can actually go to the center of humanetechnology.com and they have a lot of great, um, great resources for parents, for families right there on their website. Uh, but I want to encourage you moms and dads to go in and watch this youth leaders, uh, ministers. I want to encourage you to go and watch this for yourself first first because here's what it's going to do is <laughs> it did it to me and I'm one of the guys who talks about it a lot it wrecked my thinking now I already knew that technology and social media was a struggle and potentially a bad thing but wow the depth that this is and the way they portrayed it was absolutely eye-opening. And so I want to encourage you as as an adult, as a leader, to go and watch this documentary. And then prayerfully consider showing this to your kids in your home, uh, in your home, as well as maybe even creating something in your ministry that is going to shine and to, to bring some of this insight and wisdom out to the public. It is a heavy hour and a half. Let me just tell you, it is a heavy hour and a half. And I'll just tell you the first day I watched it, I'm sitting here watching it. And I was tempted to sit on my phone and scroll, which you're going to say that is absolutely insane after you've watched this. And it absolutely is. And so I want to want to just encourage you to go and check this out. It is so, so eye-opening. Here on T3, I just want to tell you a few of the things that I found that was extremely important and that I want to pull out from that documentary. The first thing is this, is just like uh, a lot of things that you may be reading, technology and social media is not a student-only problem. It is a people problem. It is a adult problem. It is a mom and dad problem. And so moms and dads, you've got to understand that it starts with you. Uh, Yes, we're a little late to the game as some of us are a little bit older than the generation that we may be ministering to, but we may be late to the game, but that doesn't mean we are immune from its grasp. And so we need to understand that there are some things that we ourselves have to be aware of. 
and that this stuff is actually smarter in some areas than we are. Um, and the second thing I want to let you know is, and one of the things that I thought was extremely interesting is, is a lot of times technology folks and students and even the, those that have created these things have described technology as a tool, as a tool. And it certainly can be used as a tool. But let me just give you this quick little illustration uh, from the documentary itself. You have a hammer. You know what a hammer is. You may have been trained to use a hammer. If not, you've certainly seen people use a hammer. A hammer would be probably the, one of the most recognizable tools of our livelihood, right, uh, is a hammer. And that hammer is purely a tool. Why? Because it is a passive object that is only going to be demanding or being used when we initiate the usage. When it comes to our devices, specifically, let's say, a cell phone, right, a mobile computer in that way, this is not a passive tool anymore with notifications, with ways for, um, for social media to alert us, with phone calls, with text messages, with email. This tool is vying for our attention and our time. Unlike a hammer, right? Now, we could go more sophisticated and talk about a, you know, a power drill or a circular saw, but still, those are passive until we have actually putting it into our hands and using it. Whereas with our devices, that is certainly not the case. And so we need to understand that these tools, quote unquote, that we have put into our lives may not be as passive as we'd like to hope they are. And then the last thing is this, is it didn't end on all this doom and gloom. Let me just tell you, it is not a hour and a half of your time that you are going to be so sad and depressed that you do not want to, uh, you know, go, go in and delete all of your things, which may be something you decide to do. But they do finish on some really, really important things. And one of those things is, is it talks about how even these creators, even those that were creating algorithms, that were behind the scenes, that were working for these major technology companies in their homes are setting boundaries, are not allowing social media, for example, until high school. And so I say all that to say that may not fit your family, but what I'm saying is, is moms and dads listening, you need to understand that it's okay to set these boundaries. It's acceptable. And if certainly the people who are making these things are setting these boundaries, it is more than okay for us as, as moms and dads who have less information about this to be doing that. And so I want to encourage you, be confident in setting up some ways to protect. And so I want to highly encourage you to go check out this new documentary, The Social Dilemma, on Netflix. It's been out for about a month. Uh, lots of great resources out there for it. Uh, if you have any questions or comments on T3, Tech Time with Tony, please reach out to me. You can get more information about me at familytechnologyplan.com or you can find more of my stuff at ministrytoparents.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Tony. We always enjoy having you on the Ministry to Parents podcast. That was Tony Bianco from the Family Technology Plan. And we also want to thank Tammy Daughtry from Co-Parenting International. Thank you so much for joining in. And we want to thank you, the listener, for showing up. You could be listening to so many different podcasts. And we just want to say thanks. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you do that so you can be notified whenever we upload new episodes. And we look forward to seeing you next time. And this is the podcast for church leaders that helps them build a ministry to parents. 
You've been listening to the M2P podcast. To download free parent resources, go to ministrytoparents.com.